Thank you, Father, that we're here this morning to worship your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, around the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that he is the living Word. He is the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we thank you, Lord, that you sent the Holy Spirit so that he can dwell among us. And so this morning we pray that each person here will be changed by the power of God, that they will experience that indwelling power and presence in their life, that they'll never be the same again, that there'll be a change. Lord, change us from one degree of glory to another, that we might know this tremendous truth, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, we were in the scripture last night, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 5. And um, this is Paul speaking to the church. He's speaking to us. He says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) That's what we need. The greatest gift that you can have is the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the greatest gift that you can ever experience in your life. Because whether you realize it or not, with the gift of the person of the Holy Ghost in your life, that can bring the power of the blessing of God on your life. The blessing of the Lord, what does it do? It makes rich. And it adds no sorrow. There is a tremendous realm, the realm of eternity, that we are destined for, that God has planned this plan of redemption from before the foundation of the world. But what the Holy Spirit does is enlighten you. It opens your eyes and your heart to see and receive what is eternal. So Paul says, you will have a foretaste of this glory, this eternal glory, divine, as you travel as a pilgrim on this earthly walk. And you know, this, the secret, Paul says, he says, be not drunk with wine with his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he gives us the secret to how you keep filled. And this is important. You know, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I think I was about 19 and a half. I'd been seeking it. I'd been to Newark as a younger teenager and been born again. I had all these people praying for me, rubbing my head and and doing all sorts of things to me to try and get me to receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. But you know, you can't get somebody. It's got to come from heaven. (laughs) You can have it by the laying of hands, but I didn't. I was in a meeting with David Greeno, and suddenly it hit me like a cannonball from heaven. I got transported up there. <laughs> I don't remember much more, but two hours later I came around speaking in tongues. Now we're all different, and if you're seeking the baptism, you seek it till you get it. 
You have to be in business to get it. As the old saints would say, sue him for it. Or pursue him for it. You must pursue God. God wants to know whether you really mean business or not. This is not something that is, is an intellectual thing. It's an experiential experience. You feel it. It's got to come on you and fill you. But once you've been filled, you have to keep filled. This is the important thing. This is where so many go wrong. You know, Pentecostalism, I was brought up in, has been beset by all sorts of false ideas and by truths. They think once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll just hit perfection and all your problems will be over. (laughs) That is really stupid. (laughs) That is a no-brainer, I can tell you. Because your problems have only just started. Because <laughs> once you get anointed, <laughs> once you get anointed, David was fine as a shepherd boy on the hills of Israel. <laughs> he was enjoying the presence of God. It was wonderful. But once Samuel came to his house and anointed him, that's when all the trouble started. Wasn't it? Yeah, because I tell you what, when Henry was in playing the piano in his little Pentecostal church, fine. But once he got touched by the power of God and he went out onto the streets and he started shouting in the church and dancing, oh no, we can't have this. No, we don't want this. But that's what you need and that's what I need. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> We need the Holy Ghost and fire. (laughs) That's what we need. We need to get filled. (laughs) But you've got to be determined. You've got to make, as Henry used to say, you've got to enter into this. There's somebody who wants to stop you possessing your inheritance. You know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is almost like the entrance to Canaan. But once you get in Canaan, there's giants. There's walled cities. <laughs> There's enemies. Oh, yes. Yeah, but do you know what the Baptist Holy Ghost gives you? It gives you power. Oh, <laughs> it gives you authority. <laughs> you know what David said? He teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. It puts something in you that's greater than that's what's out there. It's the power of God. But you've got to mean business to have it. And I tell you what, I'm getting old now, but the Lord is waking me up. (laughs) I'm having an awakening. (laughs) Something's happening inside of me. (laughs) It's happening. There's a stirring. God wants to stir up. You know, Paul said to me, stir up the gift that's within you. Come on, stir it up. Get moving. Don't think about how old you are or I think this is what's not working properly. Just get stirred up and it'll work. Everything will start to work if you can start getting filled with the Spirit because that's the power of God. This is what we need. Well, how do you keep filled? 
Paul tells you, speak to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Speak to yourself. Yeah. Maybe on Saturday morning we'll get into this about the soul realm. You see, I mustn't get into that because I'll keep it for Saturday morning, but we'll stick to this. We've got to realize that you've got an inner self. When you get born again, you become a brand new man. But when you're born again, you're a baby spiritually, okay? Now, a lot of people can't get this, but you are. And that, that inner man needs to grow. He needs to be fed by the Word of God. Yes, we need the Holy Ghost, but we need the Word of God. As David Green used to say to me, all spirit you blow up, all word you dry up, but if you get both, you'll grow up. And we need to grow up, don't we? We need the Spirit and the Word. We need, in other words, the anointed Word. This is the Logos in the air, but when the anointing comes on it, it becomes the Rima. It begins to move in you. It changes you. It heals you. It delivers you. It sets you free. As the old Puritans would say, the day of grace, they called it, this is what they called it, the state of recovery. You are being recovered from your old state into the new man, Christ, into the image of Christ. That's what we've been changed into. And if they think you have arrived, well, think about some of the days you're going through and think about how you feel some days because you need the Holy Ghost to fill you, to enable you, to empower you, to strengthen you, or as Jesus says, to comfort you. We need the comforter. Amen. Oh, yeah. I could give you some testimonies of stuff I've been through, but I won't bore you, because I know you've got enough of your own stuff you're going through. But I can tell you, this works. This gospel works. But you've got to work it, Paul said. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to do your part. You can't sit on the bed of roses and say, it's just going to all fall on me like cherries off a tree. No, it doesn't work like that. You've got to work at it. There's spiritual labor attached. You've got to speak to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. When yourself says this, that, and the other, if it doesn't line up with this word, you know it's come from somewhere else. Doesn't it? It's come from somewhere else. And if it's not the word of God, well, that's why you need to read the word. Don't read one verse, just read the whole epistle. Just read the whole thing. And they keep reading it. And read the next epistle. And then read the next one. And suddenly the Holy Ghost will say to you something. Suddenly he begins to speak to you from the word. And suddenly Jesus will walk out of the word. And he will become that living word that you need. Man does not live by all this stuff alone, but by every what? 
word is all a question of hearing. Are you hearing the word? You know, Matthew 13 has got seven parables of the kingdom. And what Jesus is saying to us in those parables is, if you're a follower, you'll hear the word, but you will not be able to retain it. So it doesn't profit you, but if you become a disciple and sit at his feet, then you will retain it. And if you can retain it, that word will go into your heart and it will spring up and it will produce fruit. And that fruit will give you exactly what you need in your life. That fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, self-control. Everything you need to control your life is the fruit of the Spirit. But you need to hear what God is saying. You know, if you can learn to speak to yourself, that's, you're getting there. You're getting there. He says, speak to yourself, what, in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Do you know there's a tremendous power in praise? Tremendous power in praise. Thank you. There is a tremendous... Henry used to say, prayer and praise makes it receive from God. You have to learn to pray, but to praise... As uh, Paul was saying in North Wales, when he was cutting his lawn, he was praising God. He said as he began to praise God, he could feel something coming down. Yeah. If you can start singing in the Spirit, if you can start praising God, and singing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, your well is starting to function you'll start getting filled. And suddenly the river will start to flow again in your life. And then it says you'll give thanks for all things. Not easy to give thanks for all things. No. Not easy. But you can do it if you can get filled. (laughs) If you can get filled that everything changes because you feel empowered no matter what you face. How is it David could survive for 13 years against a man who had the anointing, Saul, and lost it? You see, you can have the anointing and lose it. The Holy Ghost is a very sensitive person. You can grieve the Spirit and he will leave you and he won't even know because you're so full of what you're doing instead of what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Yeah. You better make sure that you better treasure what God has purchased with his blood. He paid the price. He purchased it with his blood. 
to give you the greatest gift on the planet, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That is the greatest gift that you can have. And when you speak in tongues, the devil does not know what you're on about. But you're breaking down his plans. You're stopping him hitting you. He's stopping you doing things in your life. You're intercepting his devices. Because you're praying in the spirit. Oh, yes. You're breaking down something that's coming against you. And you keep praying in the spirit. And you keep, and then you'll walk in the spirit. And then you'll stand in the spirit. And you'll sit in the spirit. And you'll live in the spirit. And you'll be more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes. You know what the book of Revelation says? The spirit. And who? The bride. Say, come. You're the bride. You're the bride. You know, I read this in the message translation the other day. This, um, this verse. It's in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And Peterson said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? He said, Jesus said, come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. What a statement that is. Grace. This a tremendous in fruit of the Spirit that comes into your life as you get filled. As you get filled and empowered, suddenly what seems so difficult and impossible seems so possible because you're putting on the eyes of the Spirit. You're seeing things that you could not see before. The scales fall off your eyes. Your ears get unplugged. And you're now hearing things you never heard before because you're now in tune with heaven. You need to be in tune with heaven. Don't you? You need to be in tune with heaven. And you know, when you consider Adam, when he was born, created, he was created a man, wasn't he? He didn't have no toddler's times, adolescence times, <laughs> growing up times. He was just, he was there. <laughs> Made in the image of God, wasn't he? Covered with the glory of God. But you see, the Holy Ghost is a person that leads you from grace to glory. He's wanting to lead you from the beginnings of your life to the glory of God. You know, when, when um, Jochebed, the mother of Moses, she, she married her, 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 her nephew. 
Not many people marry their nephews, do they? Amram, that's right. His name was Amram. The father of Moses was Amram, and his mother's name was Jochebed. And Amram married his aunt, from what I can gather. And they had this magnificent baby called Moses. And because of the bondage of Egypt, Jochebed knew what Abraham had said. 430 years you'll be servants in this land, and then I would deliver you with a great arm. And Moses was now on a journey. He was put in the palace. He was put in the wilderness. And he learned to look after sheep and goats. He went to a strange Bible school. It was a strange Bible school, wasn't it? Oh, it's Lee Kent, sorry. It's a strange Bible school. But do you know some of the things that you're going through is your Bible school. It's teaching you how to walk by faith. It's teaching you how to overcome. You know, when we think of the Holy Spirit and we think of the the bread and the wine we take every Sunday, which speaks of the body and blood of Jesus, is typified with wheat and wine. Well, do you know what the Feast of Tabernacles? It was the ingathering of the wine harvest and the wheat harvest. And do you know what had to happen to the grapes to get them into wine? They got trodden on. <laughs> and when people trod, are treading on you, it's not very nice. <laughs> but the good news is, there's wine coming. <laughs> there's wine coming <laughs> to make your heart rejoice. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> oh, glory. You know, God wants to test your faith. He wants to know what you, you say you've got is true. He wants to know whether your faith is genuine or not. Or whether it's just all talk. It's, you know, a lot of people are good at the talk. But what about the walk? <laughs> Isn't it? What about the walk? And I tell you, we can do this. We can do this. And I was thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm going to speak to myself. <laughs> Are you going to speak to yourself when you feel like having the grumps and the moans and you feel down? Do you know this whole business about Paul saying, be not drunk with wine. When Wycliffe translated that word drunk, he says, do not be filled with wine. You know, we look at our televisions and we see people who go on what we call binge drinking, don't we? Falling about in the streets. They all have to be picked up by the police in a van. And some of them even have to go to A&E, don't they? You know, the whole thing, excess is a problem, isn't it? Why do people do that? Because they've got problems in life they don't know how to solve. 
So they take to the bottle. Don't they? Or they smoke the nicotine. Or they take the drugs. Or they look at these naked women on pornographic sites, don't they? Because they don't know what to do with themselves. They've got all this appetite. Why? Because they're not filled with the Spirit. And then they're full of idolatry. You know, you watch these food programs. Blows my mind. Put all this little stuff on a plate and go, well, no, listen. And then you put a bit of stuff. And then we'll taste it like this. And then the like like poor bloke says, well, you know, you need a bit more of this or a bit more of that. I thought, give me some sausage and mash. Why don't they shut up? this? I go to this antiques program, some bloke brought out some old spoon from somewhere, from Africa somewhere, and he said, this is very valuable, this spoon, and, and they look at it, and half of it's rotten, you know, and they're going to take it to the auction, I thought, who wants some stinking old spoon? Don't know where it's been, but, it, but to them, it's wonderful. You know, this is bonkers, isn't it? It's idolatry. I mean, what, what, how is that going to satisfy you? You need to be filled with the Spirit. Oh, yeah. You need to be filled. Yeah. Look, go home from this Peterborough place and be determined to give one hour to Jesus. Will you? One hour to Jesus a day. And get in this word... And read these epistles and gospels and read the Psalms and read the Old Testament and just read it and suddenly you'll find the Lord says that person is appreciating what my son did for him. And I'm going to come, me and the Holy Ghost, and we're going to do something for him or her. Yeah. Faith, that's faith in operation. James said, faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. You've got to work it. You've got to do your spiritual service. You've got to pray. You've got to intercede. You've got to worship. And you have to learn to speak to yourself. Yeah. You know what Psalmist said? He talk, I talked about this on, on Saturday again. He said, bless the Lord, what? My soul. Oh, my soul. Oh, yeah, my soul. My soul is the problem. What I feel and my emotions and what I think about, oh, oh, my soul. Your soul is between your spirit and your body. If your soul gets messed up, your body gets messed up. You need to get filled with the Spirit. Why? But it restores your soul. Doesn't it? It restores your soul. David knew this. Why was he a man after God's own heart? Because he learnt to value the anointing. He learned to restore his soul. 
He understood this anointing. Look here, if you study the tabernacle, nobody could function in that tabernacle without the anointing. As we heard last night, the blood had to be applied first, and then the anointing oil. Everything had to be anointed, every utensil, every priest, everything, but the blood had to be sprinkled seven times first. Isn't it? And this is the whole problem, you see. If you don't get your soul right, you can't keep the anointing. Oh, no. No, it won't work. You see, you've got an enemy. Jesus says he's out to kill, to steal, and to destroy you. And especially when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, because in the spiritual realm, you're all lit up. There's a spiritual realm. You can't see it, but there's a spiritual realm. There's angels here this morning. Because we're the people of God. Every one of you has got an angel. And there's angels here. And they're waiting for you to agree with this. To activate the spirit of God in your wife so they can work for you. Yeah. How, did, how was David so successful? Because he knew when the angels, is, is, we've heard many times, when the angels started moving in the mulberry trees, boy, one angel with one sword. But the angels, the enemy, the Philistines were routed. The enemy is routed when you learn to wield the sword of the Spirit. We have to learn these things. David says he teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight. But you must look after your spiritual inheritance. You must learn to speak to yourself. Yes. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Just keep worshipping. Just keep praising him. Just keep lifting up your hands, and suddenly you'll get a connection. Hallelujah. Suddenly the power will start to come down. You can activate this spiritual force in your life. We have to see it. Well, Adam had the glory, but he lost it, didn't he? He lost the presence, he lost his covering. But we've got a new covering. We've got garments of salvation. And we? We've got a robe of righteousness. And we've got the Holy Ghost. Are you going to go home from this convention and speak to yourself? Are you going to start singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Are you going to give thanks in all things? Yes. And even when they're trampling on you, you can say, the wine's coming. The wine is coming. The new wine is coming. I'm going to be filled. I'm going to be rejoicing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? I tell you, it's a tremendous thing. It's a tremendous thing. The new wine. I believe... As we study this and you go through the, 
go through the whole of the word of God and you find that Moses suddenly got touched by the power of God at the burning bush, that anointing, that power, that glory that was on him defeated the most powerful force in the world, the Egyptian empire. Think about it. This is what the anointing will do in your life. It will break the yoke. It will break the yoke. And when they came out, those people, they came out, every one of the sick people were healed. No ambulances, no crutches. They were all blessed with gold, silver, and precious stones. And they came out with all their possessions, and God blessed them. And what protected them? The power and the glory of God. The baptism and the Holy Ghost, and you being filled with the Holy Ghost, is the glory of God over your tabernacle. Your life. That is your protection. And when the Egyptians came to destroy Israel, the glory just moved that way. And down they went in the Red Sea. Down they went. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But there's, here's the problem now. This is where Israel failed in their soul realm. They didn't know what Paul said because Paul hadn't been around then to tell them. <laughs> to speak to themselves. <laughs> Don't look at the wilderness of this world. Don't look at everything that's going on. Learn to live in the Spirit. Learn to walk in the Spirit. And of course, learn to talk in the Spirit. How do you do it? Speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks in what? All things. Why? Because God is now your Father. The Lord Jesus is your great High Priest, and the good news is you've got the Holy Ghost who's your comforter. <laughs> You're going to win. But you've got to keep filled. You've got to keep filled. Now, I believe this. And I say this to help you because it's helped me. My baptism in the Holy Ghost was dramatic. Not everybody's is, but mine was. And... When you're walking with God and you learn to walk with God and you're getting filled, you might not actually experience that you are actually being filled. But it's happening. As you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns, and it will happen. And as you get filled there come a point where it will start to overflow. <laughs> and when it starts to overflow, then you're going to feel something. <laughs> like happened to me in North Wales. Oh. You think, where can I put myself? <laughs> yeah, but you need to get filled. And as we heard last night, if you can get filled and overflow, when you go out on the streets, those people 
are going to experience the overflow out of your life. You know, the day of Pentecost, when those disciples came down from the upper room and they went out onto the streets, <laughs> something happened to them people that were on the streets. <laughs> Isn't it? You know, when a person is filled with the glory of God, when Henry prayed for me, I thought, what in the world has happened to me? Oof! The power of God. Suddenly, I had no lights on in my spiritual house. I was a Pentecostal grandson, and I was dead in my religion. And suddenly, I got quickened, and the lights went on. I went back from Newark, and I read this Bible, and the whole thing started jumping out at me. And my spirit said, yeah, that's it. That's it. The spirit in me was saying yes to this word, because this is written by the spirit. Isn't it? Do you know, we need this anointing. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is the anointing on your life. If you've not received it and you go back, you keep suing God for it and do not let him sleep until you get it. No, you pursue God for it. And you be determined because the fullness of the Spirit in your life will bring about an answer to many questions that you've asked. You know, we talked quite a lot in the last number of meetings about the woman at the well. But that woman at the well made a statement, and this is what it was. She said, if I could meet the Messiah, he will tell me everything I need to know, and the implication being he'll meet every need that I've got, And her faith brought the Messiah all the way to that place in Sychar. And if you start seeking God with truth in the heart, your faith will bring God on your life. It will. It will. I went back from Newark and I thought, they tell me I've received, I haven't received. I know I need this baptism. And I pursued God until I got it. And you need to do that. And don't let you tell anybody tell you you don't need tongues. You need tongues. Because there's one thing that needs to be controlled in your body. It's your tongue. (laughs) Isn't it? That's why this is so important that you learn to speak to yourself. Not somebody else. <laughs> you know, everybody's, what about this one? And the, the, the disciples, what about him? And Jesus said, don't you mind what about him? You see to your own business. Isn't it? See to your own business. You know, if we can learn to speak to ourselves, we're halfway there. Oh, yeah. And this is what the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name, who forgiveth all mine iniquities, and what? He healeth all my 
diseases who crownest me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies what? My mouth. <laughs> My mouth with good things. My. James says, you know, the tongue is a little member, but it can set on fire a whole haystacks of stuff, can't it? He said, it's like a rudder of a big ship. It's just a little member, and the whole ship is steered by this huge ocean liner steered by a little rudder. That's why you need to learn to speak to yourself so that yourself doesn't speak to you. <laughs> I feel this. I feel that. And I feel the other. Well, we're not a feelings people. Amen. No, we walk by faith. Amen. We're supposed to walk by faith. But you never walk by faith if you don't get filled with the Spirit and you don't hear what God is saying to you through his word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The new man of the new heart, he's got a new heart. And guess what's in the middle? A big ear. H, E, A, R, and a T on the end. And that's where you hear God in here. You hear God in here. You have this witness. You know, we sing, we have the witness. I'm truly born of God. There's a witness of the Holy Ghost. And God wants you to have this witness. He wants you to have this fullness. You know, when, when Moses laid, and God said to Moses, lay your hands on Joshua. His name wasn't Joshua. His name got changed. And Joshua means Jesus. And when he laid his hands on Joshua, the anointing came on Joshua. Well, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the anointing from Jesus on your life. Think about that. And it took the blood of Jesus to purchase that redemption to give you that anointing. Now, when you go back, are you going to treasure this anointing? Yeah. I am. I hope you will. Because if you step from under the, underneath the anointing, you'll step into the flesh. And if you're in the flesh, you'll meet for the enemy. He'll eat you alive. He will. We, I, I, Eric and Kath are talking about a, a minister that's been greatly used in Wales greatly used in Wales and evidently he hasn't kept filled and the enemy's got at him. Yeah. The enemy knows when there's a weakness in your life. Oh, you'll play on it. You need to keep filled. You need to keep in the word of God. You need to keep here. Do you know, it says this in, in, in Ephesians 5, it says 27. It says in 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse the church with what? The washing of the water of the word. 
And that's what the word of God does. It washes you. It washes you. It cleans you. You walk in a world that's completely defiled. It's completely messed up. But you can come to this word and you're washed. And you can come to the blood and it cleanses you. And you can come to the Holy Ghost and it will fill you. Yeah, we need to keep filled. Oh, I tell you, the, the Lord's been on my case. He said to me, you keep walking around, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and stop worrying about this, that, and the other. As I've said to you before, stop being a scratching end down here and scratching about everything. And then when you scratch down here, you scratch up here. And then everything's scratching, you know. And it's all irritating. And once you get irritated, it's like some stupid bumblebee in your brain and all things going on. Get the jolly thing and swat it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a test, isn't it? It's a test. <laughs> James says, what is James says? <laughs> James, the Apostle James, he, he was a very down-to-earth bloke, this bloke called James. <laughs> no messing about with James. He says, count it all joy. When you fall into what? Divers temptations. This is the problem, isn't it? He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be what? Perfect. Perfect. And what? Entire? Want. Wanting nothing. You need the Holy Ghost to strengthen you. You need the Holy Ghost to comfort you. Hallelujah, don't you? You need the power of God in your life to overcome. And you know, as I was praying about this and thinking about this, I was thinking, everyone that came after Joshua, every single judge that came in the book of Judges, they all got anointed. And they delivered Israel from their marauding people that came in and destroyed them. And then we have a crisis in the house of God when Samuel was prophet. And do you remember, you read, as you open the book of Samuel, you hear, and this is what it says, the word of God was scarce in that day. So how important is this word? And there was a woman, Hannah, and she prayed, didn't she? And she had a little boy. And she put that little boy in the temple. And this little boy heard God. Amen. Didn't he? You see, if you can get filled with the Spirit, your temple will start functioning. Your tabernacle will become a functioning habitation. Of God through the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6. Two, know ye not that you are 
the temple of the Holy Ghost. And when your temple starts functioning, you'll start hearing God. And when you start hearing God, faith will come. Because faith comes by hearing. And as you obey that word, your life will change. Your health will change. Your prosperity will change. Yeah. Everything would change in your life. Why? And then we read, isn't it interesting? There were only two spies that came back from the promised land with a good report, wasn't it? Caleb and Joshua. And do you know what tribes they came from? Benjamin and Judah. And do you know where the first king came from? Benjamin. Do you know where the second king came from? Judah. (laughs) There's something about faith that draws the anointing. Isn't there? It draws the anointing. And you know, Samuel went down to that house and he anointed David and he got the anointing. What a transformation in that shepherd boy the anointing. And what can the Holy Ghost do in your life? It will transform you. Yeah. It's the anointing you need on your life. I need it. it. What did the psalmist say? He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And when, as we heard last... uh, from the bishop, when, the, when David saw that ark and the glory of God, he danced. And it makes you dance. There's something tremendous about this. Oh, glory. There's something. I, I would have danced too. If I could have only been there. Do you know last night, it felt like dancing all night. Like dancing all night. I thought, I'm young again. I could do another cross-country like I did when I was young. I could play rugby and fly off like I used to, cut through all the people and score a try. Yeah. It renews your youth like the Eagles. Come on, we need the anointing. Are you going to go for it? (laughs) You can do it. We need this anointing. It transforms everything. Will you give Jesus one hour every day? Will you read these epistles? Don't pick a promise out of the box. Nah. Chuck your promise, Bucker, and get in this. Get in this. Read it. And start moving towards God. Sue God for it. Get a Jacob spirit and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Get some determination in. Get your souls changed and restored. You know, depression is it in a lot of people today, and it's all in the soul realm. And we need to get filled. We need to get transformed. This is what Isaiah the prophet said. He said about this. He prophesied about this, Isaiah. Isaiah knew all about this. He lived in a pretty rough time. Isaiah 55 says, Ho, everyone that what? 
thirsteth. Do you know what our trouble is? A lot of the time, we lose our spiritual appetite. We want the uh, fresh cream eclairs and the, and the spaghetti bolognese and all this. Well, no, the most important thing is your spiritual food. You have to come to this. And then the anointing comes on this, the Word of God. Because this Word is anointed when you believe it and receive it and speak it out of your mouth. That's why you need to speak to yourself. Why was David so successful? He was speaking all the time. I don't, how many psalms did he write? Come on. How did this man get so much wealth he could build the most expensive building in the world? He amassed this fortune to build it. And he had a son, Solomon. I never quite understand why he was allowed to be king, but pff, nothing to do with me. <laughs> I still staggered by it, but he wrote three books, Solomon, didn't he? Proverbs. That's a pretty heavy book, isn't it, Proverbs? Could you write a book like Proverbs? <sighs> Why? Because he got anointed. <laughs> Maybe if you get anointed, you'll be writing some heavy books. <laughs> yeah. Ecclesiastes, I can't say him in that much, but anyway. And the other one, what's it? Song of Solomon. Why, that's quite heavy, isn't it? Song of Solomon. I haven't heard that priest on for a long time. <laughs> it's all about you as the bride of Christ, isn't it? And we are. Do you feel loved this morning? Yes. Or do you feel, you know, a bit... I don't really know whether I'm loved or not. <laughs> you see, I've gone through a pretty bad time. <laughs> and I've had this problem, and that problem, and the other problem. Well, you need to keep filled. You need to learn to speak to yourself. <laughs> you need to keep singing these psalms and hymns. and sp You say... I don't know many. Well, get to learn some hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. Get to learn them. Get to learn them. And it's amazing. What a change will come in your attitude. You won't be a scratching in anymore. You'll start arising. You'll get up there in the spirit. And you'll start worshipping God in the spirit and truth. You'll start to become an acceptable Worshipper, and your temple will start to function. And suddenly a fire will start inside you. A fire. Jesus will start to speak to you. And you'll be like the two on the road to Emmaus who said, Did not our hearts burn within us? And then you'll start prophesying. Yeah, you could start prophesying. You'll start getting gifts you never knew you had. Suddenly, things will start to function in your life with what was never possible. Why? 
because you've got the Holy Ghost and power in your life. We need the Holy Ghost and power. Don't we? Because the Holy Ghost and power leads you from Pentecost to tabernacles. And tabernacles is fullness. What is one John's gospel all about? What is the Apostle John trying to say in the Gospels? This is the statement. Of his fullness have we all received. Well, have we? Maybe the Apostle John had, but we need to. We need to get more full so we can get the fullness. So we can have it. You know, the religious people tell us, tabernacles is heaven well is it we can have a bit of heaven on the way to heaven we can have a foretaste of that glory divine you can become a living tabernacle but you've got to start functioning haven't you and the way to start is to learn to speak to yourself (laughs) this is important mind What you say is so important. Because the devil is going to speak to you, and you watch it, that you never say what the devil says. And you never say what your flesh says. I feel this here. What is wrong with me? No, you don't say that. You say, I'm part of the body of Christ. And Christ is in me, the hope of glory. And with his stripes, I am healed. Stop the navel-gazing. No navel-gazing. All this business. No, look into this. James says, look into the perfect law of liberty. Keep looking at it, and then you'll see yourself as you are in Christ. And if you can see yourself as you are in Christ, then everything will change. Because you're looking at Jesus. Who are you looking at? If you keep looking at Jesus, why? Because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. Jesus is your great high priest. Thank God for every earthly priest. But there's one over. He says, as Moses was over that house, Paul said, Christ is over this house whose House we are. So whose house are you in this morning? We live in difficult times. You need the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You need the power. You need the anointing. And those judges, and it's extraordinary, as you look at the book of Judges, every first few judges... They delivered Israel for 40 years. But as you get to the end of Judges, it was six and seven years. It wasn't so good. And suddenly these people that had been given this wonderful inheritance, this wonderful land, this wonderful economy, this wonderful temple with the glory of God, they lost the lot. Well, are you going to let the devil steal from you your inheritance? No. No. Don't you let him steal your inheritance. 
It was paid for by the body and the blood of Jesus. It was paid for at an extreme cost. And no matter what you're going through, just when you hit the trouble, start speaking to yourself. And start singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart and give thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Let's lift our hands and ask the Lord that he'll fill your temple this morning. Lord, fill us this morning. Fill our temples, Lord. We cry unto you for an outpouring, Lord, of your spirit as we go back from this place in Peterborough. We pray, Lord, that we'll become functioning tabernacles of the Holy Ghost, that suddenly we become quickened and enlivened and empowered and anointed, and that anointing on our lives will break every yoke. It will transform us. It will recover us into the image of Christ, that we know the power of the living Christ working among us, walking among us, the great I Am coming and touching our lives and invigorating us and making us whole. Make us whole, Lord. Make us whole, Lord. Transform us, Lord, by your power. Do something new in us now, Lord. May this be a new day for people today, Lord. May they go back and say, I can do this. I can work out my own salvation. I can be a priest in the house of God. I can be a servant of God. I can activate the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I can bring down the reign of heaven on my life. I can bring down the power of God on my life. Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful, wonderful, transforming power that you went to heaven and you said, it's expedient. I will send the Comforter. He will come. And we thank you, Lord. He has come. We receive you, Lord. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And fill my life in you. In this atmosphere, Lord, we pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost will work miracles and transform us into your image, Lord, that we no longer be the same. We say, like Henry said, we'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. That where we failed, we'll go back and we will not fail. Where we stumble, we will not stumble again. We will be overcomers. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Help us, Lord, in this way. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus.